Welcome to Zero O'Clock, a podcast created to be a safe space to learn and grow. Grab your favorite drink and join us. Now brewing interlude dream reality. Welcome. I am your co-host, Kay. And I'm your co-host, Carrot. And can I just say that this is the perfect title? Like, we are exactly at episode 11, which is a perfect, like, interlude time. Oh. I just find it so cool. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, when, I, when I was looking over the script, like, earlier, I was like, wait, this is the perfect time to have an interlude. Oh. Wow, okay, that just made me think of a question that I have to ask off of this because it's about like the behind the scenes of this <laughs> so okay. remind me at the end <laughs> okay um i'll put it in my sticky note but yeah so what was i gonna say oh um, i don't know the, the theme for this week uh is dreams and aspirations so we'll be talking about dreams that we've always had for ourselves from ch our childhood to now and how they've changed or stay the same. But before we get into that, how was your week? <laughs> I already told you, I've like been stressing over um, my seminar and which is basically like the last deal to like graduate on my degree. I don't even know. Actually, I don't even know where I'm sitting. Um, but yeah, and I basically have to conduct my own research paper, and it's just so stressful. I've been doing actual reading for, for it, and I want to, like, collapse. I had a meeting, like, I, I know I told you this already, but for everyone else, I had a meeting yesterday with my professor early in the morning, and I was so nervous. I was literally so nervous that I almost threw up five minutes before that meeting, and that was a lot that's how nervous I got um but it was fine I, I'm literally so dramatic that it wasn't that bad didn't have the like need to throw up didn't need to go that far but I love being dramatic so yeah that's just how my week has been I think because like midterms at least for our school is now over we're like in the second half of the semester and it hit me two days ago that at least for me, I'm basically almost done in terms of like going to normal college classes because next semester I student teach. And that's scary. <laughs> I'm scared. And I guess like on the note of teaching, um, I had to taught this taught this week. I had to teach this week and I like I've been teaching every week, but it went pretty bad this week and I'm trying to not to let it bum me out because it wasn't my mm -hmm. fault. It was technology that we can't control in our virtual setting. But mm -hmm. I just don't think my kids got what I was trying to teach them. So it's probably boring for all of you, but I'm gonna tell you. So we're doing weather and the four seasons. I'm teaching third grade and we had learned about the climate zones. We learned about different weather patterns and different seasons. And this week is our like reading lesson and that's like my favorite I love reading I love literacy so I read a book it was called the meteorologist in me 
and the kids had an assignment where they had to create their own five-day weather forecast and they're going to present it to the class next week and it's supposed to be fun it is fun but because of technology they couldn't see my screen for half of it which i didn't know until the end and i don't think they understood like what i want the project to be and it's due next week and because it's a tight schedule i don't have time to go back so i have to like rearrange my lesson for next week and like do do like a mini review, have them create it, and present all within 25 minutes. And I don't know if I'll be able to do it. And the problem is, is that we have a test, it's called the EdTPA, it's like a big certifications test that we have to take. And I have to do a practice one of it on these two lessons. And of course, it's the two lessons that are all messed up. So I've just been super stressed out. And that was a long explanation, but that's, that's it's really bothering me. <laughs> that sounds stressful. Um, yeah. I, like, I was um, on Facebook, which, bad decision. <laughs> like, I, I avoid it, but sometimes I just, I just can't help but, like, look at just the things people post but um my cousin and I always talk about my cousin I don't know why but I guess she's such a big deal in my life um but my cousin posted this thing and she's like ever since just last spring where everything just went haywire for everyone she's been like extremely vocal on um just how much we need to appreciate like teachers and like everything that they do um and which is so weird that like she has to say that and, like, I, like, I talked to her before, and, like, I've, like, seen just how she's, like, really good with that teachers, but besides that, like, um, but it's, it's technically because of, like, the, the actual teachers that she knows, um, like, her friends that became teachers, and she's just, like, you know, sometimes the wrong people become teachers, and I'm, like, yeah, that's true, um, but, like, part of my family just, there's a few aunts who, are not very appreciative of like teachers and like they quickly want to send their kids back to school because I don't know make them feel better I don't know I don't know I'm very mm. but my cousin especially because she likes she likes to cause drama and I love her for it um she constantly puts things that like puts teachers and like there shouldn't be a reason why teachers should be put in a good light like they are already doing enough and you know just that the amount of sacrifice that they're doing right now like it has to be appreciated and the fact that we have to tell people to appreciate it is like kind of bizarre but anyway she posted this thing where like this husband was posting his wife um and just her in front of a laptop and like she's on the phone at the same time and there's like the papers all around her and he he was just like commenting saying like a lot of families and a lot of parents are like realizing just the amount of stress teachers are going through right now and they're like you are you aren't putting into perspective like not only are the teachers um there teaching your kids like all day but after that especially because of everything that's happening um they are on the phone after class and having meetings with other teachers to reconstruct all their lesson plans all over again because of like just the way that they, that things are and he was saying like and besides that like over the summer she didn't have a vacation either because they were basically reconstructing reconstructing the education system all over again because we we already have a sucky one but you know like because of like now having to 
go on a virtual setting like that has to change too and it's just so like incredible the amount of work teachers are doing right now and how underappreciated it really is yeah my aunt she trashes teachers all the time and now she's like I get it after having to deal with her two kids and I'm just like yeah it's always been a struggle (laughs) and it, it is one a lot of people who shouldn't be teachers are becoming teachers I see it just in my class <laughs> I see it with teachers I've had I I hear it from my cousins and other friends who complain and it's because a lot of people have the mindset that teaching is like the last resort you know like your last resort yeah. and a lot of people they'll go into they'll, they'll major in something that has nothing to do with education and then decide because it is so easy to just go and get your master's and become a teacher then they decide to teach and my issue with that is those are people who don't technically care about the kids but more of like the content and like it's good like you should care about the content but don't come don't teach younger people especially like if you're good and like I don't know, like, like, okay, my, my math teacher from high school, he was an engineer, he went to school for engineering, decided that he hates it, but he, uh, like, knows that he likes working with kids, too, and decided to become a math teacher, but then my history teacher, he just decided to teach history, because he liked history, and he went to middle school, and I'm like, that's a horrible, like, age to be teaching if you don't really want to teach and that's what a lot of people do and it just frustrates me because like the kids aren't learning one they're not understanding the content because they don't like you because you don't like them and I just I always have a lot to say about (laughs) teaching and yeah, they do need to be appreciated more. I need to get paid more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so many things. Uh, yeah. And I'm not even there yet. And that's my, I, I, well, this is what I want to like talk about later on too. So you'll be hearing more about teaching because that's my dream. But, <laughs> but it's, it's scary now not being a teacher yet and going into the teaching world. It's like, there's no clear path anymore. And it's just, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah, for a lot of things too. Yes, I don't know what's happening either. Yeah, but yeah, but before we get into like all about our dreams and aspirations, um, this week ha- is our segment of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, do you have a good? <laughs> uh, Kay wrote new music, and um, I guess I'll roll with that because I mean I didn't I didn't know we wanted to talk about that I was trying to figure out like what exactly um I feel like specifically for myself um, probably like my one of my like really good friends is coming home for the weekend so I get to see her but if we're going off of the topic of new music I'm just glad that there is new music because I was going crazy with the music that I've been listening to (laughs) yeah I mean not in the same sense because like I've actually been listening to a lot of old music or older music um that I used to when I was 
child or teenager oh my god the other day i found um this like old clip of um every time we touch like being performed live <laughs> and bro that first of all that song is so old mm-hmm. and then second of all it just brought so many memories and i remember one of the comments said like i remember when i downloaded this on limewire and <laughs> i just stopped laughing because limewire seems like decades ago yeah i mean it was a decade ago but um just like oh my god the music i had on that was it's just so funny and anyways yeah what i think about um I don't know, I don't remember the name of it, and I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there were these MP3 players that were in the shape of dolls. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't remember the name of it, but it was in the shape of, like, dolls, and you can change, like, the hair and, like, the outfit. So I had one of those, and I would be illegally downloading music to my MP3 player, and it's, like, really old songs, and I was just thinking about that the other day. Mm-hmm. and I miss it I would always like carry around with me when I would go because I used to go to the Bronx a lot mm-hmm. and it was just my go-to and the songs on there I wish I still had it so I could see what I used to listen to but it's songs like what you just said like just all the way back those are crazy yeah, yeah I don't know I guess I guess listening to like every time we touch again really brought in a, like a huge nostalgic feeling in me I don't know and I started listening to a lot of, like, older pop music, and mm-hmm. just like, oh, like, uh. And I also, like, saw this um video of, like, 20, whenever Firework came out by Katy Perry, <laughs> and there, somebody, like, the person that posted it was like, they just don't make music like this anymore, so there's no point in, like, going out and, like, hearing music at, like, the club, because it was, like, it was, like, a... Um, it was like a street and like people were outside it was like a festival I guess but it was at night and like people were outside and like suddenly it started playing and then everyone started like jumping up and down and singing along to it and like that's so true music is not like that anymore where like everyone just knows it and just like is singing it out loud and like uh, I remember when I was young I was like I can't wait to grow up and all this music's like shitty so I know. I love firework. I love teenage dream. I mm. was a really big Usher fan when I was a kid without even realizing mm. that I was a fan. Like I loved his music and every time I listen to it now, it just takes me back to like early 2000, like 2010 mm-hmm. when I would hang out with my aunt all the time. And we would just listen to Usher. Or I forgot. Do you remember the song Get Lucky? That was like not not that long ago, but still pretty long ago. Like we were like 11 Mm -hmm. or whatever. I loved that song. And I obviously I knew what the meaning was. And I remember my aunt looked at me in the car. She's like, do you get what they're saying? And I'm like, no, I just like the song. And she's like, good. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I guess, like, the feeling, and I mean, this is supposed to be about new music, but whatever. Um, <laughs> just music in general. I feel like that, what, I think what really brought on, like, the whole nostalgic, like, feeling about music. Um, to all my, like, Latinx listeners, <laughs> I feel like I'm on the radio. <laughs> um, but if you know, like, RBD or the novela Reverde or anything considering RBD, like, ever since they put their music up again on, like, musical platforms like Spotify um I like it just brings so 
like many memories of I remember I remember I would come run um home running like from school just so I can like be home on time in order to watch like the show and oh like it's just it 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 brings up so many memories and then my um I think I mentioned this but my brother-in-law or whatever he is to me um he recently bought a karaoke set and so we've been having karaoke sessions at my cousin's house and especially me and her like we growing up we didn't get along really well just because of like our age difference and I used to watch like Rebelde by myself and listen to Rebelde by myself and I knew she was a huge fan but because she didn't like to associate with me like she never really like we me and her never really bonded over it until like now and like the other day we were just having like a karaoke session of just like Rebelde songs and it just made me so happy and like now when I listen to like Rebelde I just like get so happy oh and the reunion concert is coming up and I'm so excited and oh I love music oh my god speaking of concert it was a very impulsive decision (laughs) because so I bought um like virtual ticket for Niall's concert (laughs) And it's because I'm in the middle of, like, writing my lesson plan, and, you know, like, your emails, like, pop up on the side, like, mine pops up randomly, it's never, like, on time, so I just randomly on MacBook? Yeah, it never oh. comes out, yeah, so I'm in the middle of typing, and then my screen, my screen, <laughs> my screen splits in half, and it's the email of, like, his concert, and I'm just, like, I might as well procrastinate and look at the price. And then I saw the price. I'm like, I might as well just get it because it was only $16. So, and I was like, this is a steal compared to BTS. So I didn't feel <laughs> that at all. But yeah, I'm excited for that. I mean, I don't regret buying the BTS tickets though because I got a huge discount on Weavers. So I'm suddenly rich off of Weavers shop. <laughs> Oh my god it only took so long for them to hear our prayers but i'm i'm i was happy that the concert happened but i'm also sad because it's just like an end of an era that we didn't even get to see live yeah and it's like also like bittersweet yeah and then same thing with like nile i'm sure he's performing his new album and wanted to see it live I mean I don't think I think if like the world was normal I don't think I would have gone to his actual concert so I guess like it's better this way <laughs> at least I get to see it but it's just weird and then Ariana Grande's new song today just gave me mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my tweet but it gave me like Lana Del Rey national anthem vibes like before not when I heard the song like just seeing Mm -hmm. the concept because when I woke Mm -hmm. up this morning everyone was talking about it Mm -hmm. and there are pictures and I'm like this is like national anthem but then I heard the song and I'm like I love this song it's pretty good I I thought the same thing when I saw the video too um we don't stand on that anymore though but um yes I also had like the same like visually aesthetically like yeah Mm -hmm. I thought the same thing too I didn't, but I didn't even watch the music video. I just saw the pictures, and then I heard the song, and I'm like, didn't watch the music video. I'm just going to assume that the music video goes with the song, because the song doesn't sound like it would go with her concepts, but maybe I'll watch it later. I'm, I'm, like, I'm never on time with these things. I can't 
keep up with the world and watch things when they first come out. Yeah. I forgot I forgot how it feels to listen to music at like midnight exactly right. at midnight I mean not really because like I, I still like even but like aside from BTS like I still listen to like western music but I feel like recently like not recently like the past couple of years because I was more on like film twitter for a while so like I wasn't into like music as much. I mean, I was, but not not in the same sense. Like, I would wait like until the morning to like listen to it or to like hear how people are reacting to it and then listen to it. Yeah. Um. But before, I would especially wait at midnight. Um. I started doing it again just because of like the weekend because I've like always been a huge fan. And, mm-hmm. Um. Well, little mix are coming out with their new album, and I'm so excited, and they're releasing nice. singles. Yeah, November. Well, my thing is is that I was never the type to wait up until midnight for someone's album or, like, new song. I would just hear it the next day, and it wasn't until I got to college because all of my friends were really into music, so I would stay up with them, and now I guess it just depends on who the person is. Like, I, I like for Niall, like, I think I would wait up for Niall, but for Ariana, I would just wake up the next morning and listen to it. Yeah, I I was waiting last night for Ariana, but usually I'm still up at like midnight. So like, mm-hmm. was I really waiting? Um, and Little Mix too, because they came out with their new single last night. Um, so yeah, oh, they make me so proud. Oh, Little Mix, oh, so proud of those girls. But anyways, we're on this like the good really long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the um, bad. Is this the is it? Sorry, I'm so bad. I don't keep up with any of these things. I know. Is is she the one with the whole, like, against abortion? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so this is about Amy Coney Barrett's, like, almost close confirmation to the Supreme uh, Court. Um, so the confirmation has been, or the confirmation hearings in the Senate have been happening all week. Um, I haven't been watching them just because, like, I, I, I don't like her. <laughs> um, and just like seeing such a, I don't want to say like this, but such an anti-feminist, um, be so like near, um, to the to to the highest court of the land, whatever you want to call it, um, is is in- incredibly scary. Um, and just like you mentioned, like, she's, um, anti-abortion, and I feel like at such a great extreme because she wants to, um, you know, turn over the decision of Roe versus Wade, or Roe v. Wade, like, that's the technical term, um, which has always been under, um, scrutiny, and, um, always, like, in a way, under underprotected in so many ways, even though it was a it, it was a court case decided by the Supreme Court, um, and you know any decision can be overturned. Like we've seen throughout history, that court cases can be overturned by another court case. So if you know Amy Coney Barrett is like in the Supreme Court, and suddenly another abortion case just happens to land um, on the steps of the Supreme Court it is possible for them to overturn a decision that was made in Roe v. Wade. And it's very scary that, you know, an actual woman is willing to, you know, overturn a decision that helps 
so many women and other people who rely on, um, you know, the choice of their own body. Because it goes beyond just abortion. It goes, you know, on who gets reproductive health care and reproductive rights. And, you know, it's, it's just so frustrating that, like, she's literally very anti-good. <laughs> I'm confused in the whole process. I thought she, like, this decision wouldn't have even been made until, like, after the elections. Uh, okay, so <laughs> technically, it doesn't really matter when a Supreme Court nominee gets decided. Mm-hmm. Um, but when um, Justice Scalia died back in 2016, um, because it was a majority Republican in the Senate and because it was Obama's last year, they pushed completely hard against nominating someone or against um, Obama nominating someone to the court. And even though it was February when Scalia died, they were saying that they were not going to choose a nominee until the following year when there was a new sitting president, Um, which is really, really rich coming from them, considering they were very quick this time to Mm -hmm. hear a nominee during an election year and during a time where it was very close to the election. Mm -hmm. So it really is, it's like word of mouth, I guess, on like when a a justice gets, or a nominee gets to be heard. Um, It's just very hypocritical on their part. Yeah. Um, and a lot of Democrats now are pushing against that, and they're like, no, now you have to wait. But they decided to hear the very first nominee, which is ridiculous. Um, and Trump is really pushing for this nomination because uh, it is possible that, I mean, how possible? I'm not sure. But it is possible that there could be a tie in the Electoral College come election night. And that was a problem back in 2000 under, um, which was also another court case, Bush v. Gore, when um, then uh, George W. Bush, before becoming president, but George W. Bush and Al Gore, the Democratic candidate to the presidency, um, they ended up like on a tie. And in order to determine like who won, it ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court case. Um, for them to decide who uh, or how they were gonna um, like establish a winner um, and it is possible that that could happen again this time between Trump and Biden mm-hmm. um, so if by any chance it has to go to the Supreme Court case and if by chance Amy Coney Barrett is actually sitting by like in the Supreme Court case by then there's a possible mm-hmm. chance Trump will win because he technically brought her in yeah so yeah that's upsetting it's just so complicated and you know so annoying that like this is happening right now and i can't believe it's three weeks away i know um early voting starts tomorrow here in new york state and i'm like very excited i know a lot of people are already sending their ballots um which is like really good um also if you're hearing this try to go to like your um ele- election board of elections i cannot think of the word right now try to go to like your board of elections and hand it in instead of mailing it 
just because it's going to be harder the next two weeks um, for the USPS to be able to um, send in your like ballot on time. Um, so if you are doing the mail-in option, try to go to your actual Board of Elections and hand in your ballot. Um, but if you're voting in person, have fun. Be safe. But please vote. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the bad. And the ugly. So I didn't watch the debate, but I looked this up when I read it. And... What? Yeah. So this is off of the debate um that happened last night between uh the, or the last presidential debate, which is between Trump and Biden, obviously. Uh there was just so many things wrong with it. Like like I mean, granted, it was a better debate than last time. Um and they were much more I don't want to say professional, but they were it, it the moderator did such a good job in like keeping everyone on like task. Um, yeah, props to the moderator; she was good. Um, but one of the things that like especially bothered me, and I feel like this is going to go on later between like dreams and aspiration. But um, when the topic of immigration came up, the moderator actually had a really good question. Um, I I think. Um, concerning the 500 plus children that are um, under uh, ICE custody and um, have not been reunited with their families because um, ICE has lost track of the data that they received um, of like family members and parents and all of that. Um, and at one point, uh, Joe Biden like actually like is specifically talking to Trump saying like they were going back and forth because you know Trump was saying like but who built the cages and he was basically saying that under the Obama administration these cages were already existing mm -hmm. um but you know this is still happening under his administration so I really don't think why he's like pointing fingers when like you know it's the 500 children that are missing under his administration not under Obama's um but at one point he's like saying like Biden tells him like these 500 children are missing um and they haven't been reunited with their families and you can hear Trump because like his microphone was on and he was like good and it baffled me because at first I didn't catch it until someone posted it on Twitter and they were like he actually said this on like live television um and they were just going on and on throughout the debate or throughout that segment of the debate about just who was really at fault. Um, and that one journalist that like I blocked her name but it starts with a T and I forgot, but she's like super annoying. Um, she was, she put out a tweet saying, don't want to be separated, don't come here illegally. And it just frustrates me that like, you know, not only is that the mentality of a lot of people, but it's like, do you understand why people come here? And especially why they come here illegally. And then don't even, like, like I can go on and on about, like, that segment. He basically, again, is, like, going on the rhetoric that he was running in back in 2016, saying, like, um, specifically Mexicans, but it really isn't just Mexicans he's talking about, which is very xenophobic of him. 
um, because he's talking about all undocumented immigrants, especially from Central and South America, which is not where Mexico is. Um, and he just considers them Mexican, which don't even get me started. Um, but he's basically still calling them rapists and murderers. And the reason that children are coming are coming under the um, guidance of coyotes, um, um, saying that all they're bringing is bad and bad people, which at the same time, like these are children, what what how are they bad um and yes um human trafficking does exist but most of the time especially when it is children they're usually coming under the guidance of parents um to provide a better life for their kids Mm -hmm. and he also mentioned on live television on a live debate that the reason this is happening is because immigrants have a low iq And, and it's just the things that he just spits out like annoying me to a you know great extent put it mildly it's just frustrating the whole like that whole segment just frustrates me we were talking about um illegal immigrants in class and it was just class full of white people but i like brought up the point of like why people come here and because we were reading a book I, I I talked about it last week how I bought the sequel to it but that book like was about a family of illegal immigrants like coming to the U.S. and like why they did and I just like brought up that how I like that we're reading it now just so we can have the discussion on why because we might end up with students who are from families of illegal illegal immigrants and we should know our rights how to protect them and that in our classroom like they can't be taken like they no one can come in and take the child out of your classroom as long as you're there and yeah we're taught this before but like I said my class is filled with a lot of white privileged people that I don't think they even think that they would ever be in that situation and I just feel like there are some of them who have the same views of they don't get why illegal immigrants come here because of like what they said during our discussion and that's why like I had to step in and say well actually Mm -hmm. and it's just like frustrating that people have this mindset and it's like you've never experienced it so why are you commenting Mm -hmm. like why do you think you're so much better yeah and that's a really good point in your brain. I don't know why I never thought of it that way, considering where I live. Mm-hmm. But also, like, um, undocumented immigrants of all ages and backgrounds can be found anywhere now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a common misconception, especially because of, like, the 80s and 90s, um, when this kind of immigration was happening, where um, immigrants were residing specifically in urban areas. And especially big urban cities like uh, Miami, New York, Chicago, LA. Um, but now it's kind of not as common anymore, and they tend to actually go more to the suburbs rather than urban cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and considering where a lot of you know, and just not specifically talking about people in our schools, where like especially where they come from, they come from suburbs, rural areas. 
where you know you might not think you'll find undocumented immigrants or undocumented children um but it is more likely um and yeah like i don't know why i i don't know why i really thought about it that in that context um because there have been a lot of people that and like even me like growing up where english just wasn't my first language um but because um i um i'm first generation but also i had a lot of older cousins like before me um and you know I i'm a citizen as well and i just had more of that privilege of like being next to english speakers where english really like learning it wasn't tough like it was tough for like just grammatically speaking and i feel like everyone like has that growing up but i wasn't struggling like accent wise or um just how many multilingual people now like or the people that i grew up with especially hearing how much they struggled that they had to like sit in esl classes esl well i don't know why i said that um but esl classes apart from everyone else um because like english was tough for for them um but yeah why did i never think of like the classroom setting that's like the most important part <laughs> Yeah, and I, I forgot what the law is, but they they can't come in and, and well, one thing is a lot of the times you don't even know because they mm -hmm. parents don't even have to tell you that part. So yeah. you don't know if your child themselves are illegal or their parents. And I mm -hmm. just feel like the, where we went to school, my classmates probably never had to think about those types of things and think that they would have to experience it. and not to be that person, but a lot of them are just going to go back to their hometowns and where a lot of them are from probably won't experience it because there aren't that many minorities there. So some of them don't even care to know this information, but that's what just, it pisses me off even more that people are just like, well, this is not going to happen to me. I don't have to worry about it. But like, as a teacher, you should care. Mm -hmm. But again, going alongside with what I was saying earlier, like now the demographic is like changing completely. Um, so who knows, like they might have to be dealing with um, like not only just minorities or like other racial groups in general, but you know, maybe an undocumented children in their classrooms. Yeah. Um, and then like with my class, like it, ju it just frustrates me, not just with my, I like to use my class as an example only, so I'm just talking about them and not the world, but I guess like a mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of people, like, I don't know if anyone really thinks about it, but if there's an illegal student in your class that came from a European country and they look white, like they, they wouldn't even care, like it's the whole part of being a person of color, so it's like, there possibly could be, and a student that's illegal and are also white in your class but even the government wouldn't look into that you know and it's just like mm -hmm. it just shows how privileged white people are in a way like mm -hmm. yeah and that's what my like classmates don't understand too like yeah. they can't see the difference and it's just frustrating especially like what anything that involves kids I get heated about so mm -hmm yeah i just wish like these people are going to be teachers you know i i wish they would want to learn like they can't experience it because they are white but they would want to learn all the different sides and all the things that 
we don't even get taught because a lot of our professors are white so they themselves don't even know what to say and even beyond that like you know the fact that our own president is talking about children in that sense yeah um is like you know it feeds into this kind of rhetoric um and then people don't change and then it's just frustrating frustrating Uh, yeah, that's that's the good, the bad, and the ugly for this week. Um, can't believe <gasps> our next one, our next good, bad, ugly section, our segment is gonna be on the week of election day. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for the next one. Oh my. Um, I just noticed. <gasps> that's scary. We'll, ha- we'll see what happens. Oh my gosh, this just—it's all up in the air right now. Like nobody even know, nobody knows what's gonna happen. A lot of poli like political scientists, are just guessing right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> our hopes and dreams. <clears throat> now on to the theme. Like. <laughs> So, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? What is your um, theme, Kay? <laughs> let's see. Um, should we do the first part, though? Like, children versus now? Or, I mean, we could talk about it. In general, yeah. So, what, was your, yeah. what was your dream as a kid? Well, considering what we were just talking about, and I, I've, I've told you this a few times, but growing up, and I feel like there was probably, like, one, a stigma and two, just like what everyone else wanted for me, um, was to be a teacher. That was my dream for a really long time. Um, for a while, I wouldn't say a long time, because like once I got into like my teenage years, um, specifically sophomore year of high school, that's when I really started to change. Um, I even went to high school of teaching, <laughs> um, because for a really long time, like that's what I thought was the best path for me what you know I was like the only girl in my family that like I felt all of my like aunts could really like portray their like dreams onto um because I like studying um and they're like you know a lot of them really wanted to be teachers um when they were growing up and they didn't get the chance to unfortunately um and a lot of them were like, you'll be a great teacher. And like the only person, the only person that ever said you would be a horrible teacher was actually my mom. <laughs> um, just because she said that like, I never had a patience to um, guide smaller children. And at first, like when it was still my dream, I was very like hurt and I'm like, you just don't want me to succeed. Um, but like now I see like how in a sense she's like, right, that I never could have like been in the, like, especially because like my main focus was also like you like be, like you know smaller children because I wanted to be with like them like throughout the whole day like I didn't want to be with like older children in like groups of like the same subject all day um but like now I see like I really don't have patience and especially <laughs> not when it comes to like smaller children um I can play with them I can like have fun with them but that's like mm-hmm. I, I can't be serious with them. <laughs> um, that's like my hard part. And like to be able to guide them throughout like various subjects, that's hard. Um, but I know like 
because I was like an only child for a really long time um I would like teach my stuffed animals and like I had my own little office area and it was like my teacher desk and behind like I had two bookshelves which was filled with like books and pencils and like arts and crafts um the creative thing was always like my my thing my specialty so I feel like that's why a lot of people um in my family had the misconception that like I would become a teacher just because I was always very creative with like um just like my worksheets and like decorating like that little like area um but yeah that's all I was good at like to teach other people no (laughs) that was my dream but now it's different and then for a while there was like law like actual physical law in law school and become a lawyer and like that didn't last very long honestly are you gonna talk about keep going? or do you want me oh, to talk about you can say and yeah my, well my issue is that I've always wanted to be a teacher like when I would play as a kid being a teacher yeah at the time I was just playing but it just never went away like nothing really caught my attention like I I looked into other things but I wasn't a big with my family it was just like you have to be a doctor or a lawyer like that's what they want they're like we brought you to this country you're gonna be one of these like top like career choices pick one and make us money and I'm like no one it goes Mm -hmm. back to my strong suits and my sub like subject areas and math and science I'm not a STEM person so I knew from a young age I never cared for STEM as I got older it just confused me even more I'm still confused and I I cannot be a doctor like no way would I be a good mm-hmm. doctor um and lawyer no <laughs> yeah like I just some like tell me that I have to be a lawyer like I die or be a lawyer I'd rather die sorry is that harsh to say (laughs) like I have to know all the laws I have to read all that stuff like I have to know the dates of one thing like no 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 no. I so as I got older just like everything just like seemed unappealing to me and teaching Mm -hmm specifically little kids have always been my thing and it also because I have two older cousins who are like a few months older than me but everyone else is younger than me and because all my family members are immigrants a lot of them didn't have a good education so from a very young age I was the one who one I loved school so I did really well in school so I was always the one helping my cousins and my younger brother and it was fun like actually helping them and still helping them was fun and that's how I knew I'm like okay like I guess I want to teach and it's just always been that I feel like that's always what I've said I I there's a phase in high school where I said I'm going to be an obstetrician (laughs) only because I'm like you know what if my family wants me to be a doctor I'm gonna do something relating to kids but I don't want to be a pediatrician so I'm gonna be an obstetrician and then I looked more into it and I'm like no way am I helping people (laughs) through birth so teaching 
that's that's my thing. Okay, going on to like the now. Um, <laughs> and again, going back to like sophomore year, sophomore year of high school. Um, I think that's when I started because I feel like I was always interested in some form of law, um, just not in the setting of a lawyer because that's a lot of studying that I do not want. Um, and then especially when I got to like junior year and I'm taking like a push and I realized, wow, I actually really love history. Um, I then became, um, whatchamacallit, acquainted? No, I started, uh, I don't know why I said acquainted. Um, I started interning sort of for this immigration coalition in um, the city. And then I started really becoming interested in immigration reform in the United States. Um, and I feel like it just exponentially grew um, as the years went on and like now, um, considering like the classes I've taken and just how I've grown, I guess. Um, my dream, you can say, is being able to help like under-resourced communities. Um, not only just focusing on like immigration and um, undocumented like people, but also like being resourced to like others um, in communities, um, especially of low income. Um, just because like I've lived in a low income community for most of my life and um, I've seen just how like under resources or how like the lack of resources, that's a bad word, the lack of resources um, in these communities really do impact the way um, just people like grow out to be. Um, and exactly how I'm gonna do that. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but there's like a lot of like uh, programs, especially. Um, I never was thinking of ever doing my master's. Like my goal was always like bachelor's and that's it. But as of recently, I've been really contemplating grad school. Um, there's like this really amazing program that I've seen um, that it'll be a long shot if I get in, but I guess that could be my dream now. Um, that focuses especially on Latinx studies um, and regional studies. And one of the great parts about it is that it focuses specifically, I mean, there's like various programs within that um, study, but one of the specific programs uh, focuses on K through 12 education in the city um, and focusing on um, giving resources out to those communities, especially to communities that have Latinx students, um, which studies have shown that like the more access they have to resources, the higher chance they will succeed. Um, and I feel like that's always been a huge passion of mine because I've, especially junior year of high school, I started mentoring um, like my own peers and I've always just been passionate for um, students that are under-resourced to be able to access higher education um, because it really does bring value into their life and especially when they don't have people in their family like I did that you know can be able to guide them um, it's exponentially harder for them so that was a really long like I feel like dream <laughs> um, but in a sense just helping on the resource community.
Um, mine now. <laughs> I want to be a teacher, but no, I, I knew, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do for my master's. I thought special education, that's what people told me, like, I'm going to make the money in as in terms of teaching, but I've never, I've never thought of picking my career on money, about the money anyways, so I took one special ed class, and I had to observe in one special ed classroom, and I just couldn't handle it. Like, one, I'm a very emotional person, so to see the kids struggle, like, was really hard for me, and I kid you not, I cried in my car every day after. <laughs> um, but two, I... I just, I, it, it's hard to handle and it's okay if you can't handle it. I, I felt horrible for not being able to handle it, but I've talked to a lot of different teachers and they're just like, you have to, it's something you genuinely have to want. And if you don't, then it's not going to work out. So I threw a special ed out the window and I was confused as to what I wanted to do. And I'm just like, you know what? I love reading. So I've decided I'm going to get my master's in reading and literacy and you know like the reading teachers that like pulls you out of the room if i can't find a general ed class like that's my side job i'll be a reading teacher uh but and then i'm already thinking about my phd because it's always been a dream of mine i used to say it as a joke like i'm gonna get my phd but i i do it's some in education of some like program i don't really know what is there i haven't looked but I want to get my PhD, and I feel like two things that I never really talk about, but I've always wanted to do, I want to write my own children's book series, or, well, first, let's just start with the first book, but I've all, like, <laughs> I just love writing and reading, and I don't know, I, I just want to write a children's book, I feel like it's very fitting, and I have to do like research and stuff and write my own like articles or whatever. So I'm just going to try to find out if I can substitute that with doing a children's book. And if not, I'll just do it on the side. And I already started mm -hmm. looking into like how to get stuff published. I just need to figure out what I want my story to be about. <laughs> and then my last thing that it's a, it's a goal for like years away once I've taught for a while. I have my master's, maybe my uh, doctorate, but I would love to at some point open my own daycare. And that's when I decide to get rid, like ditch the public school system. But for right now, I'm going to praise it because I'm trying mm -hmm. to get a job. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I talked about it with my roommate. I think it was brought up sophomore year. We talked about it more last year. And just this week, it was brought up again. And I feel like it's something that I would love to do. And I talked about it with one of my girls from, one of my friends from my class. And she said that how she would rather be the director than like the big boss. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, this is my daycare because one I love being in charge so I want to be in control of everything but I rather I rather take on the stress of owning a business and then just hire great teachers and staff but 
that's just a dream of mine that I, I don't know if that one will happen, but everything else, I think it will. <laughs> I mean, I'm ha- I'm more than halfway there of being a teacher. But yeah, the last mm-hmm. one is just what I keep to myself. <laughs> but it makes me happy and excited to talk about. That's a good one. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Probably won't happen when I have like little kids, but... <laughs> No, it it won't. But if your kid needs a job, <laughs> <laughs> probably until then. Yeah. I I I like made a joke because like our our third friend, she wants she's a psychology major and she wants to be a child psychologist, and I was like, I'ma hire you because <laughs> we should have one, and I told my friends, I'm like, you guys will be our lead teacher, and. I don't know. There's a lot to think about. There's like different types of daycare. I could either do it where it's literal just daycare, like we watch them, but I kind of want to do it where it's more program based. So we teach them and it'll be Mm -hmm. like, I want from infant to like, I guess middle school. I don't want to deal with the whole middle school kids. They're kind of a lot to handle. Sorry, I'm going on a lot about this, but I'm at, it's, I like it. And yeah, so I kind of want to do it by class, like by age groups and then have a lead teacher for that age. And we're not going to teach off of state standards. We're just going to do like based off of child development, what they should know at each age. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's going to happen if you're that like <laughs> invested. You can like knock it down. <laughs> I was like, what should what should I name it? I don't know what I want to name it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a dream for way down the line. But right right now, I just want to pass my certification test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like a few. I don't know how to like. I want to like. Hmm. I guess, like, I'll, I'll do the last one and then I'll go to the, like, other one I have. Um, but for a while, especially, I think it was freshman year of college, um, I was very into, like, interior design. Um, I mean, I've always been into that. Like, it's never been, like, whether or not I liked it. Um, like, even junior year, I remember, like, we had to do a project or senior year. I don't even remember we had to do a project on what like we wanted to major in, in in college and one of mine was actually interior design um but um specifically how I wanted to do it I don't know um and especially like interior design event planning was like I was so into it like freshman year um and then it just like kept growing and I feel like I've never really talked about it but um just making space um where I get to be creative in my own way um I feel like I always say I'm not creative enough but I guess I'm creative in like a different sense um artistically um and I feel like this also goes with like my next one um but my parents are actually building our second home um in Mexico and technically our second home is also like a business that they're creating um and my dad um even though like we still have months probably years to go before like we actually get to like design the interior um i was given the heads up that i'm going to be designing the interior um and how it looks and it makes me really excited because i and like 
we're also doing like our home on top. Um, so I'm also getting the creative like space to do both. Um, and he's doing multiple like um, businesses um, like on the downstairs area. So it's like, he's gonna like him and my mom are taking like a spot and like that's gonna be their business. Um, and then there's a chance that like the other two are, or the other three are gonna be like rentals. Um, but because I am technically their inheritor, um, I actually have a chance to um, like book a, like one of the spaces. And we've been talking about it and um, this also goes with like just in general, like I've always loved reading, like my whole life. Um, reading just has been a huge like component um, of my childhood and adulthood. Um, and I was talking to my mom and she's really excited because she wants me to do this. Um, but we're planning on maybe like using that second space to open up a bookstore in Mexico. And um, just growing up, I, again, this goes back to like um, me just wanting to like help under-resourced communities. Um, but especially like when I would go to like that town, um, I would always see like how it wasn't like, like here where like, you know, um, they were just far, like here we're like given so many opportunities. Like um, I knew growing up when my mom would take me to the library, there was a special section just for children to like go and sit and read books with their parents. Um, and that's, I've never seen that in other places or when I would ask my cousins in Mexico, like they always told me like they never read with their parents. Um, so if we get to do this, like it's gonna be like um, kind of like a, a cafe internet, but it like also gets to be like a bookstore, like where you can rent out and buy books. Um, especially a lot of like my own books that I um, will be like sending over uh, a lot of my favorite books that um, I've grown up with. And also having like, I love like those like indie bookstores that have like programs throughout the day where like they get to like, especially like just for children where they get to like read them books um, and like have special like arts and crafts programs with them. Um, and like I told my parents, I'm like, you guys get to like work on it throughout the week. I mean, throughout the year and like over the summer, like I'll go and like work um, there too. And like, it just makes me really excited because like, it's not like, I can say it's a dream, but it's also not a dream because it's already happening. Um, like the hardest part was just like getting a space for it. And like, I already have a chance to a space. Um, it's just gonna be like how long it takes. And that like makes me really excited. Cause like, uh, like, I, like I always wanted to own like a bookstore. Like I never really said that, but um, just bookstores in general, like give me so much happiness. Um, and it's like super mega hard to do it here, but um, I think this also gives me a chance to like see how, um, you know, a really huge part of my own life gets to stay um, ingrained forever in like the place that I love too. So, yeah. I love that. That's so cute. I'm really excited. And like we already started looking at designs on like how we want it and how we want like the exterior to look and also the interior so like it's like yeah it's like you're super exciting but also like super nerve-wracking because it also makes me feel like an adult because I have to like mm -hmm. you know put in my own like money to like make it happen um 
but they like already told me they're like it's gonna take a while before like we actually start like decorating inside so you have more than enough time i'm like good because i'm not ready to like hand in millions of dollars for not even millions of dollars but like hundreds of dollars for yeah i looked up like how much it would cost to like even get the daycare business like started and there were it was just like 700 to 800 thousand but like up to a million and I'm like ah that's funny but (laughs) but at least with this I still have like years before I like Mm -hmm. do it but I love the idea of a bookstore oh Mm I am like so excited and like oh Again, it might take years, like, but not that, like, not like yours, like, where it's, like, a couple of decades away. Like, they said, like, because, we, like, they started already doing the hard part, which is, like, building the foundation, which is technically what they say, like, the next hardest part is the inside, which is going to take a while, so, like, good, take your time. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like, with me everything that I ever do is always around children and teaching and educating like I don't have like you like interior interior design like I used to want to get my license in like cosmetology and like do that on the side but I feel I lost like all my interest like I I don't really have anything else on the side that I care to do like I have hobbies but like nothing that I would pursue any further Mm -hmm. but no I love the bookstore I'm still like thinking on like exactly how I want like books sent over there um because I will not part with my actual books um they are they mean too much to me um we'll see what happens with the actual book part but yeah, I think you just need to figure out, like, how, like, the actual process behind, like, how do companies give a store book? Like, mm-hmm. I've always thought about yeah. that. Because, like, I feel like when you go to, like, bookstores, like, not chain, like, Barnes & Noble, but, like, actual bookstores, they have very different types of books that you would find mm-hmm. from, like, what you would find at Barnes & Noble. And I'm just, like, I wonder what the difference in the process is because I I know it's not the owners buying all the books and putting them in you know yeah I've always wondered what the process is but that's so cool I mean it depends on like the actual bookstores too because some just sell like used books books. so it's just like yeah so it's just like whoever like donates Mm -hmm. um books to like the store and then they either like that would also be cool cool to do like Mm -hmm. at least start off with before you start Mm -hmm. like buying books from a company but just like I got tons of books Mm -hmm. (laughs) whenever when I don't need them again I'll send them to you (laughs) yeah please though because I I will actually have a hard time like parting with my actual books I might like right now I'm trying to fund my own classroom library but once I don't need (laughs) half of them I'll just send it to you I went to like my favorite bookstore the other day with my mom and um FYI to all of those who you don't like who don't know um I'm like tutoring like my um little cousin right now and I was going through like the children's book section just because like I wanted to find books that like are aimed for her um and I like got so excited just like seeing like um like nursery rhymes and just 
classical children's book mm-hmm. and like my mom and they're finding me there and I was just, I literally almost started crying and I'm like mom like this makes me want to have kids because like I like one of I guess aside from like actual like aspirations like when it comes to like family um one of my biggest dreams um when I have my own kids is to yours is like your for, for your students but for me it's like to build their own library mm-hmm. um just because I want like reading to be such an integral part in their like life um and I'm like so excited for when I have my own kids and I get to like read them their books um right before bed and like oh yes have like that bonding reading time I had with my parents growing up um I mean I which is like a little off topic I want that too but I hope my children know they're they're gonna know they're sharing it with all the other kids at school too (laughs) but yeah I feel like we didn't even like specifically say like what kind of dreams we were talking about. We just assumed career-wise, and I feel like that shows where we are in our life. But a big part mm-hmm. for me too is family. Like I've always wanted a huge family. Like I used to say that I want five kids. I don't know if I want five kids anymore, but at least three. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big part of me. Like the dreams of like being on my own and finding somebody to love me <laughs> and having a family I always like think about my family I always say like I am so in love with my kids I don't even have them yet so just imagine how mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel once I actually have them and yeah and honestly I'm not going to lie this goes against everything that I stand for not that like stay-at-home moms aren't great but I feel like there's a part where like I would love to be a stay-at-home mom, but then I'm just like, no, I'm not going to give up my whole career <laughs> for my kids, like, mm-hmm. and that, that's a big goal of mine, dream of mine. I only said, like, the children thing, just because, like, we were talking about bugs. <laughs> I know, I know, but I, I just, like, I'm no. can't wait to actually have kids, like, I was, I was telling yeah. my brother, I'm like, I don't even care about getting married, like, I just want to adopt, like, that, that is a goal of mine, too, like, I want to adopt at least one child, I don't know from where, I have to look into it, but I was thinking mm-hmm. of actually adopting from Guyana, only because I just feel like it's still, like, a third world country, like, I want to give those kids a chance, and no one ever thinks about adopting from Guyana. They don't even know what that is, where that place is, a lot of people. So I think it would be cool. And it's still, like, my culture. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So I like it. I like the idea, but I'm also, like, I'm not picky of where the kid's from. I just want the baby. Just give me the child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Having kids has always, I feel like it was with, like, just Latinx culture like you're supposed to be a mom but um especially seeing like a newborn baby in our family right now is like really giving me baby fever and like whenever I see her I'm just like oh I want to keep you I want one for myself but um no yeah like um I like always had some form of desire to be a mom um but also like always focus on my career too so like I feel like that's not the time right now but like yeah I always said I wanted more than like two kids just because that's what I always wanted growing up where I felt like having especially the huge age gap between my brother and I but also just having one sibling um was always tough 
But now I'm not so sure because having more than two kids it seems like a lot. Um, yeah. But we'll yeah, see. The idea, we'll the idea of having if I'm pushing it like to three. The idea of five right now scares me. But when I was in high school, my I, my teacher, like, she didn't have any kids, and we, like, asked her why, and she was just, like, she doesn't need kids, like, she, she's a high school teacher, so her number is higher, she's, like, I get, like, a hundred and something new ones every year, and I was just, like, these people, <laughs> like, I, I didn't get it, but, like, now, being almost a teacher myself, I'm, like, I get it, like, the, these are my kids, too, in some way, and the great part is I get to give them back at the end. <laughs> but I get it. Now. I take them home with you. Yeah. No. Uh, but a, a, a big thing for me is because I'm such an emotional person, I get attached easily. And I'm like worried about how I'm going to, how am I going to professionally handle like the children who are going through it with like, family situations because I'm gonna just like take them like they can can they just stay with me because I'll take care of them like and it's a lot like when I had we had a class on just like child abuse and stuff like that so seeing it and hearing stories of actual little kids and just like no way like me being a teacher knowing this about my child like being able to like let them go back home I'm just like what I don't want to do that but I I can't keep them but yeah that's something I'm worried about so it's very off topic but I just wanted to say (laughs) (laughs) valid it's a valid thing to always think about too yeah, do you have more dreams and aspirations? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> we we can do another episode in like a year or something and see if our dreams have changed. <laughs> if we oh, even like what? Oh. <laughs> even if, if we've been doing this in a year from now. <laughs> I mean, if we've been able to do it like like this I'm pretty sure we can keep going yes but yeah I'm, I'm sure our dreams will kind of change as we get older oh, damn we don't even have dreams for our own podcast <laughs> <laughs> I just I would like to keep going as long as we can yeah I'm worried about technical stuff like once we're actual like adults living in the real world with careers like how is our schedule going to be but that's just me being the overthinker that I am mm-hmm. I'm not worried about that I'm worried about getting the heck out of here and that's what I'm worried about you know this yeah. we'll at least finish season one <laughs> yeah that's true we'll finish that we'll finish this first and then we'll we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk okay but yeah that was a glimpse into our dreams um the perfect interlude like oh my gosh like uh especially since you guys like heard me or since y'all sorry since y'all heard me like do my whole spiel on music (laughs) um I feel like I'm, I've, I have never heard an interlude that I don't like. <laughs> every single, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the artist is. Every single interlude just like slaps, especially in like, obviously like duh, like that's how interludes work. Like the position that they're in in an album. Um, 
but like the way they just fit even though they're not supposed to like sound like the whole rest of the music oh my gosh like chef's kiss i remember when i first heard stargirl interlude with um the weekend and lana del rey i almost passed out um anyways <laughs> um really loved this episode um and I, I feel like i didn't know something you're doing so that was really cool to like hear yes i'm glad to know about this bookstore thing and we're gonna talk about it privately <laughs> <laughs> yes Okay, but like, yes, that's the the end of this week's episode. Um, uh, check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram is zero o'clock podcast, and our Twitter <laughs> is zero o'clock pod. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, and yeah, keep talking to us. Um, if you're listening to us, like, please, please talk to us. Interact with us. Let us know you're listening. Yes, comment, um, DM us, something. Yes. And even if uh, it's just like a little thing, like, oh my gosh, I love this week's episode. Like, or I hated it so much. Change topics. Yes, <laughs> like feedback, anything. Feedback would be great. Uh but yeah. For next week's episode, like I we can actually say something about next week because we know. I yeah. I said I'm going to visit our friend, so she's gonna be a guest. And it's going to be our Halloween episode, so we're going to talk about scary stories. You don't know this about me, but I'm a scaredy cat, so (laughs) I'm glad. It's going to be fun. (laughs) So I'm excited to talk about that, and I'm even more excited that I get to have someone to sleep in the same room with me after. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, next week, because we're celebrating um, spooky season. Um, yes, we're going to be talking all about conspiracy theories, scary stories, folk tales, all of the above. Yes. Which, so, I need to look up into, like, look up some conspiracy theories, because I don't really watch them. I, we're already talking about it, but I don't really watch them because it creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> some of them creep me out, but I'm going to do the oh research for you. Not you, the uh, Yeah. <laughs> I used to have, like, this this time, like, growing, like, I think when I was, like, 16, 17. No, before that, even before that. Like, I was so into, like, conspiracy theories and, like, looking at them, watching them, everything. It's so weird. No, um, but, yeah. Some of them. Some of the ones about, like, the world, like, just makes me paranoid, so we'll talk about that next week, though. I'll, I'll let you know which have, exactly. <laughs> I have a lot of, like, actual scary stories, like, like, basically, like, folk tales, in a sense, because of where my family's from, and just, like, myths that have, like, passed, been passed down throughout the family, so I'm very excited to, like, share them. Yes, I, I have a lot of scary stories and folk tales as well to tell, but i'm i'm already creeped out t- talking about this <laughs> That's I'm, so, no, I'm so excited i actually um sneak peek i guess i've actually experienced one of the myths that okay goodbye i'm hanging up on about. i'm ending the podcast I'm, so <laughs> I'm ending the podcast <laughs> and hanging up because i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> anyways thank you for watching i mean thank you for listening <laughs> thank you um bye, bye.